Saving it up Friday night With the Sultans With the Sultans of Slam And welcome to the jam Welcome to the Sultans of Slam podcast for January 3rd, 2020. Living in the future. Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. It's impossible to live in the future. We're living in the future. No, we're not. You woke up dead. Are you going to upload this in the past or something? That's right. Actually, technically, anytime I upload a podcast, it always says the next day, which drives me crazy. I don't know why that is. I don't know how to fix it, but uh, so I'm, I'm always po- posting in the future. We're podcasting in the past, then. We know what happens tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, What an opening. <laughs> yeah, what an opening. Just still a start to the year. Uh, 2020 is here. Andrew is not. He did stick his head in my office door uh, yesterday to tell me that AEW was mediocre. And then again today to say, actually, it was bad. I'm sick of it. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, what, what do you want from wrestling then? I don't know who's shit in his You, don't like, flicks, w, you don't like AEW. You don't like New Japan. What is there left? Star Wars. That's there's, it. There's Star Wars. Yeah. Why can't we get Boba Fett wrestling? Uh, so Andrew wasn't a fan, but uh, I think we both of us thought it was a relatively solid show, especially compared to how the... Easily uh, one of their better ones, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we'll get to that very, very shortly. But first up, uh, had a had a chance to listen to Bret Hart on the Steve Austin <laughs> podcast. Uh, uh, Bret Hart, of course, Canadian, so... Uh, you know what a promo that means something to us. There's only <laughs> there's so few of us. Uh, he uh, Steve Austin kind of asks him about the modern day product, and he's just like, "Who do you, who do you like? Who uh, who's doing it for you these days? Who's who's moving the product forward?" And Bret Hart's two names he mentions is Daniel Bryan, sure, fine, and, and CM Punk. <laughs> Both of them been there since like 2010. CM yeah. Punk maybe even like 2006. Uh, he he went on to say Bret Hart basically said like anyone who's like a second or third generation wrestler, uh, he always feels like they have a better feel of the business, and that he uh, CM Punk is not fucking wrestler uh, anymore. He contradicts himself a few times in this podcast. Uh, yeah, CM Punk has not been a wrestler for five so six years. He dodged the question because he doesn't like anybody. In he was put on the spot, and the only names he could think of was Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, Which who were like, at the top of their game five years ago. What? No, CM Punk was even <laughs> way before that. Yeah. Like, well, top of his game was CM like, Punk left five yeah. years ago. So uh, what he what he's basically saying is, I do not watch. The I don't watch Park. it. But apparently, he was like on they did like a Bret Hart thing recently or something with the WWE. So he's like, oh, I've been watching here and there. But he's like, once they get into the hokey storylines, I, I turn it off. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But uh, and then the, my other favorite part was Steve Austin is like, oh, in in because Bret's coming in, I went and watched a bunch of your matches. But he doesn't just say it like on the network or something. He's like, I watched a bunch of your matches on YouTube, he says. And I'm like, way to put over the network there, Steve. Um, uh, it's just like, how how can you say Daniel Bryan and CM Punk in 2020? Top of their game. Wait, Those are the They're two. the top of their game. When you talk about the like top five wrestlers of 2020, Daniel Bryan, maybe. Sure. Maybe. I would say, yeah, uh, for WWE at least. Sure. Uh, and, then, and then CM Punk. C- who has not wrestled in five years. No, but he is on backstage. Uh, but then you got guys like you figure Bret Hart would be a big fan of a Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa who are, are for the most part I shouldn't say traditional but do you think Bret Hart has watched NXT do you think Bret Hart knows who those people are he's like Bret Hart should yeah um, anyway it's uh, it's good uh, once Bret Hart starts talking about his day uh, it's it's actually quite fascinating Steve's asking him about the dungeon well you know and, Steve yeah exactly uh, asking him about the dungeon and his dad and, and uh, everything like that and then they were going to get into uh, Brett and Steve's matches but Steve Austin's like oh we'll have you back and we'll do a podcast that's just a rundown of our, our matches together 
uh, Survivor Series and the No Holds Barred match with Steve Austin. Every time he brings Hulk it up, he's Hogan just like, Zeus. I was, I was rip pissed shit mad that they booked me in a No Holds Barred match. I don't know what he holds, but blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> every time he brings it up, Steve Austin just. I thought goes you were off. going to, uh, to Jimmy King from Ready to Rumble. <laughs> I will rule you. <laughs> That's Steve Austin. Uh, anyways, it's a good listen. Uh, I, I get kind of selective in listening to wrestling podcasts because, like, when you listen to like uh, Figure Four Daily or something like that, there's so much content about wrestling uh, that I really do pick and choose when it comes to, say, Chris Jericho's podcast or, or uh, yeah, Steve Austin. I hate when Jericho is going to be like, I have a fucking UFO specialist. <laughs> that guy will have will talk for an hour and a half about flat Earth. And like yeah. Chris Jericho will never outright say this is bullshit. He'll just be like, "Oh, interesting," and lead the guy on. It's just like this is like dangerous content. He's like Joe about? Rogan. He can't hard disagree with his guests. No, he has yeah. to like take their uh, side. So those are bad. What I do like about Chris Jericho's podcast is uh, he'll have a lot of the new talent from AEW on there, and a lot of these guys you don't know from a hole in the wall. So it's nice to actually hear them in their own voice, kind of explain. Like Peter Avalon was on Chris Jericho's podcast, and I listened oh. to it for some reason. I'm like, oh, Peter Avalon's like a cool guy, and like you learn about his backstory, and you're just like, he's just got a jobber gimmick right now, and that's. That's what it Sometimes is. Sometimes that's life. <laughs> Every company's got to have jobbers, and I'm sure they told all these people ahead of time. Like, we're not bringing in to push Peter Avalon the librarian. Yeah. Jungle Boy, we're not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> we're going to try to put you over, but also you will lose every match. You're but somehow still lose. be over. Uh, so WWE 2K20... Uh, update, oh, Reed. Did you hear about this? Yes. Uh, so Y2K. Of, Y2K. Y2K. Who is it? <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> um, so as of midnight, uh, if you logged into your uh, WWE 2K20 and did anything that involved a save file. So if you played like a quick match or something, no problem. But if you loaded up your universe <laughs> or you tried to create anything, as soon as that save file updated to what would be 2020, apparently it couldn't read the console date properly and the game would just crash. It would like, it could not read... The di- it would exactly what people thought. Okay, so for the young listeners out there, Y2K uh, back in 1999, we thought when the computers switched over to a triple zero, uh, they wouldn't be able to. And and for some computers, this was absolutely the case. But we thought it was going to like crash the stock market. Uh, electricity planes wouldn't would work. Fall out planes would fall out of the sky. <laughs> uh, so you had Le- Leonard Nimoy uh, putting out videos explaining what it's going to be like. Start stocking water. Uh, make sure you turn your computer off before midnight on uh, 1999. It uh, turns out that WWE uh, 2K20, living the dream here 20 years later, uh, <laughs> and building the promise. conspiracy theory would be that Ukes did this on purpose as a last FU on the way out the door. <laughs> and it's just like, the hey, this ain't <laughs> yeah. You can hear Vince, the boyhood dream has come true. <laughs> this is uh, a, a game that has just been marred with uh, controversy and glitches. And the, how could this be the worst game they've... It how would, could this be the most current and the worst game they have developed when it is the same as every year? Five probably. months of development. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, the only thing that make it better is if you could insert the old Nitro announcer. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uh, so. They did the story one where you can make your own storylines and like block your own story. Oh, stuff I've out. seen plenty of it. The only thing they were missing was put microphone support in there and let me be like the announcer commenting on what's going on. And let I me just ask those insert Scott Steiner. Yeah, uh, he did a little ring announcing gimmick in TNA where he announced Bully Ray and he's like hailing from Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> he's a fat ass. <laughs> we need more Scott Steiner in everything we do. Yeah, uh, I downloaded a pretty good Scott Steiner. I don't have time to make my own wrestlers, but if someone's going to have done the move move set and the entrance as best as they can and the character, I'm going to download it. And so I got Scott Steiner in the It'd be now. hilarious if his promos during my universe is just a bunch of gibberish. What's great <laughs> is you can uh, the AI can do promos now. 
Uh, so I can have like two wrestlers cutting a promo on themselves, but that they're, they're making happened. it up as they go along. That always happened. You couldn't. You couldn't use to uh, simulate it. I don't think you couldn't like watch it. Yes, you could. Okay. Well, fuck these games anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's WWE being broken again. And uh, what more is there to say? That's a garbage product. Speaking of a good product, uh, let's go to. I don't know if we really want to talk about NXT. It was more or less a clip show. They did some awards. Yeah, uh, in house awards. To talk about it. Yeah, uh, for the most part, the awards seemed like they went to the right people. Yeah, uh, for a, a brand giving itself awards, a little pat on the back, kind of like we did last week. You know that uh, meme of Obama giving Obama a medal. Yeah, That's that was NXT. that was NXT <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> giving himself. A medal. Yeah, uh, but we can talk about AEW Dynamite, the homecoming show in Jacksonville, Florida, at Daly's Place. I really liked the arena. It was I did. weird. Um, I think they should have did a bit different of a hard cam view. Um, sure. You got that... That didn't have just the, the wall? Yes, but that wall up close looks like a high school gym wall, which is just like white brick. Uh, yeah. When you zoom out, it looks fun. When you zoom in, it looks a little bit indie. So, so there's maybe five or six rows of people and then like a big sideways Daly's Place Dude, did wall. you see that dude in the red shirt in the front crowd just constantly putting himself over? Uh, I mean, he's probably in this picture I'm looking at right now. Like someone yeah. would do like a body slam and he'd just get up and be like, yeah, fucking rights, body slams. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he's into it. No. That's going to be us at Raw. <laughs> It's like that green shirt guy in the front of every goddamn uh, yeah. WWE show. I, to be honest, the wrestling was so good, I didn't even notice oh! it. Yeah, that's right. Unlike Andrew, who hated the show. <laughs> uh, so we kicked him off the podcast. No, just joking. Uh, it's a busy day today, and Andrew could not be with us. But let's talk about this show. AEW's first televised show of the year 2020. Uh, kicking it off, uh, we had a vignette, sort of, of the Elite uh, and how they're losers. <laughs> it's because AEW is not complete idiots and they know people talk about their product. So they're going to take that and they're going to turn it into storylines. Yeah, weird. It's uh, the best way to do it. And, and not in a fourth wall breaking way. Because anytime the WWE references something that people are saying about it, it's in a fourth wall breaking way where they directly reference the audience. Yeah. Uh, which is the Daniel Bryan thing in a nutshell, right? It's just like the uni- they became part of the show. They became the WWE universe. In this case, they are oh, just I, taking... God damn, I hate... Fucking brand naming the WWE Universe. Yeah, that's what the crowd is. You can't it's, just say the fan. It's got to no. be the WWE <laughs> Universe. Well, the first name they came up with was those cunts on Twitter. But that, <laughs> you can't say that on TV. Uh, on the Sky Network. Darby Knackers. <laughs> Darby Knackers. Uh, so after the uh, the Elite Package, which kind of uh, shows Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny having a rough go of it in 2019, uh, it's time to start the show. Tony Schiavone has the day off. Uh, Taz is in. Taz it's is excellent. He's excellent. Yes, he's Taz really good. Uh, really natural. Uh, very laid back commentating style that I thought uh, fit very well with the other two guys. Yeah, they uh, don't and, talk over each other, and it's not insistent branding like WWE no. or Michael yeah. Cole's. It's boss time. Corey's got to be like, I like girls, and yeah. then you have your third person saying whatever the third person says. I don't That's, know who's uh, the third person anymore. You don't know who is the third person on, the, no, on, on WWE? I, I couldn't tell you an announcement. It's like, I think it's Michael the, Cole. The King now. Uh, Cor- still awful, Gray, by the way. Corey Graves. always been awful. Uh, Michael Cole. Yeah, we had like those fucking highlights in his hair and shit. Um, <laughs> Are you ready to enter hell, Steve? <laughs> it's, well, the thing with, with Michael Cole is like, is he awful or is he doing his job exactly the way he is instructed to? No, he's to, doing right? his job exactly. Uh, because if you remember, I don't know if you remember, the NXT UK Classic. Like, their first show in UK. This sure. is before NXT UK was a thing, actually. It was just called, like, the UK Classic. It was Michael Cole and Nigel McGuinness. And you could tell, because it's NXT, Vince don't give a fuck. He's not going to be there. Yeah. So he's not barking in Michael's ear. Michael was great. 
He was a fantastic commentator. You just had to call it like you saw it. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was perfect. <clears throat> like he wasn't he wasn't like. Oh, the bruiser weight, Pete Dunn. The bruiser weight, Pete Dunn hits him with the bru- the bruiser and the weights. The big dog. References to something that happens on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, 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 uh, good announced team here. We got John Moxley uh, versus. No, wait. Well, I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Well, yeah, the opening match was uh, was Cody and uh, Darby. And Darby. Yeah. This was an excellent match. It was really good. Uh, Darby Allen's got like a rotating entrance uh, with a little extra vignette at the beginning depending on who he's facing. I yep. think that's awesome. Yep. Um, it's unique. It's fun. Keeping with the character, it's moody. Uh, and the, the character who ever... <laughs> you remember Michael that? Cole calling Alistair Black moody when he first debuted? He's emotional. He's very emotional. He's moody. <laughs> This is this is caring. Here are the bullet points of what was written down on this sheet for me to get uh, Alistair Black over. Uh, but no, Darby Allen, who uh, when he first came in, he was in like a hardcore match with like uh, Jimmy Havoc and like Joey Janela or something. And like that's not what Darby Allen is. He's like a scrappy. He's Jeff straight Hardy. Straight up, yeah. He's right. Jeff Hardy, except if Jeff was more of an emo than less a of a drug, drug user. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we got Cody and Darby, both men, very over. Yes. Um, Darby, especially, I thought it was I was very surprised by the yeah. reaction he got. People were very excited to see Darby to the point where when he teased, uh, well, he didn't tease. He took the the corner uh, turnbuckle pad off. People were like upset by that. They're yeah. just like, no, he, he's got to win clean. But it's just like, no, this guy he saw an opportunity. He didn't put Cody into it. Cody put himself into it. It's fine. Both right. guys can get over. Yep, the ref let it go. Baby so. faces can fight. The ref let a few things go, in yeah. this, and we'll get over that. Uh, so anyways, they had a fairly long match. I saw Alan kick out of the crossroads. At a second time, limit uh, draw between these two was drawing near. Well, I read that very strangely. Alan was setting up for a <laughs> coffin drop for the win. Uh, there was also a coffin drop on the apron. That was just like... Awesome. There's a lot of things on the apron. It's yes. just like, come on, we don't need... There's only so few, many of you guys. Don't kill no, yourself. I love apron spots. <laughs> okay. Even though they probably hurt you're like now. You heard it here first. The hardest part of the... Of the ring, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Allen was setting up for a coffin drop for the win when Cody's new head coach, Arn Anderson, jumped on the canvas and yelled uh, for Cody to get his knees up. Cody did so and rolled up Allen for the victory. Uh, yeah, the, the right thing happened here. Arn Anderson, of course, is now the coach of Cody Rhodes, having assaulted his Man. father years ago. <laughs> yeah, um, cool. Arn Anderson's awesome. Yeah, it was a great match. Uh, Cody's super over. Darby's super over. This was this was a good match. I don't think it it will hurt Darby in any way. Yeah. Uh, Darby, not Darby, not Darby, Darby, <laughs> Darby. Uh, let's just go to the uh, to the Moxley portion of the show here. Was that next? Uh, uh, more or less, it was the next match. Wasn't the four way women's match? No, that was after this. Oh, okay, yeah. as far as I remember. Listen, I only I only watched this less than twelve hours ago. You think I remember <laughs> what the fuck happened? But we're gonna cover it all. It just might not be in the order it happened on the show. Okay? <laughs> So this is why you come to listen to the Sultans of Slam. You want something a little different, a little, a little spicy. T- a little bit out of order. <laughs> a little bit out of order. Keep you guessing. Wait, that didn't happen. Let's Guess talk about did. the ending of God of War first before we get to yeah, the let's, uh, You know, he's uh, he's not what he seemed to be. Yeah. And uh, through the dust in the wind. Who is it? <laughs> Who is it? It's Randy Orton. Uh, so, we had John Moxley versus Trent of the uh, Best Friends. Trent, of course, comes out here with his aforementioned best friend and Orange Cassidy, who's like their other best friend. Yeah. Uh, the crowd was hot for Moxley from the jump. Trent makes a solid opponent for anyone on the roster. Moxley caught Trent coming off the top rope to the entrance ramp and hit the paradigm shift. He then connected with a second one. Uh, the action returned to the ring for the finish, which led into one of the most heavily promoted angles uh, heading into the show. So, 
Uh, Moxley's been kind of AWOL uh, for a couple weeks. He hasn't really shown up. It's just been Jericho calling him out, right? Yeah. Uh, so I thought this was a great match. Moxley looks like a monster. Uh, it was a heavy impact match. Yeah. It was just strong Not shots. lots of slips and no. eye spots, but it was very strong. It was so strong style. You can almost say that this show had something for, for everybody. Uh, Moxley's time in Japan... Just, just yeah. like, just perfect. Like, chef's kiss. He, the chef's kiss from Oxley. Yeah. He, uh, he, he carries himself. He like puts his shoulders up. He looks like a just a absolute monster. Yeah. Uh, compared to all the other guys on the show who are yeah, because AW relatively is a smaller guy yeah. kind of roster. So in comparison, Moxley looks like. A I mean, Jericho's big. trying to kind of do the same thing. He doesn't quite have the body type for it. He ends up looking kind of fat, like a weird old wrestler <laughs> yeah. man. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't fuck with him all the same. No. But Moxley has put on some muscle uh, and looks like. He looks yeah. like a star. Yeah, he's taking that Sylvester Stallone shit where he's going to like grow three feet. Yeah, I missed the trunks. So I'll go back to the trunks. Re- oh, really? Yeah. No, but he's got like a... He's got that like uh, so many people, anarchist So many people barbed wire wrestle in pants. And pants thing listen, going on. Let's think about for a second how many people wrestle in pants in hey, AEW. at least he's not wearing a shirt. He's taking the shirt off. Yeah. Because uh, it was... Now if only Chuck Taylor put the shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be fine. Uh... So yeah, great match. Uh, there was a uh, part where Orange Cassidy got on the apron uh, for a little thing. Uh, the ref was about to DQ. The, okay, so AEW will now tease DQs constantly, but, but has actions. yet to actually do one. Yeah. And at a certain point here, you do have to pull the trigger on a DQ, just so we know it can happen. Because yeah. right now we know the rule is there can't be DQs, and therefore there won't be DQs. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing goes with, with titles on TV shows. It's just like, you only have so many pay-per-views, AEW. It, you can it, swap the title around. And diminishes, diminishes the effect if you're ever going to be like, oh, I'm going to announce a match between, like, let's say, Moxie and Omega again. Except yeah. this time it's no DQ. Yeah. People won't be as excited for that if people don't get DQ'd anyway. Right. Also, there'd be no reason yeah, to... you don't have to do it to the point of WWE where you get at least one or two DQs every show. Yes. But have one once a month. Right. Not, we're not asking for a lot. Once a month, once, once a year. There was none last give me, year. Give me what I want. Uh, especially when you consider some of the things that happened in this show coming up. Uh, where it's just like, what? How did the... Okay. Uh, so Sammy Guevara comes out. He's eating people's popcorn. He's uh, drinking, he's people's, drinking drinks. people's drinks. Uh, he's also very comfortable on the microphone for someone as, as young as he. He's I talking thought. with his mouth full, which is uh, great. Yes. Feel heat. Uh, he's talking with his mouth full of popcorn. Uh, and he's, he's basically telling Moxley, hey, I'm not here to fight. Uh, I've come here with a video package from our fearless leader, Chris Jericho, who is currently in Japan, about to compete this weekend. Uh, so he could not be present, which is another thing. Are you going to watch Wrestle like, Kingdom, by the way? Chris Jericho wasn't even there. Uh, I'll probably watch certain matches. Of yeah, I'll probably watch, like, Listen, of course, Wrestle, the Wrestle Kingdom's very It's two long. days It's now. two days now, yeah, which so is maybe better than what WrestleMania is. I'll probably does, watch, like, the last three one. matches of both nights, because those are typically, like, your uh, your world championships. Oh, they'll be world-class matches. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And there's no way Jericho's losing. There's no way. You wouldn't have your top guy from your brand go over to Japan to lose. I'm yes, saying it's but not you're happening. not going to have Tanahashi lose because then they got to follow up on the AEW well, promise. A, well, then it's a DQ. Read. See, this is they got us. Lee. We have to watch now. They got us. <laughs> well, so here's the thing about wrestling: is we we we're looking at the outcomes of this match, and there's no clean wave. If one of these guys has to go over, no, that I has think, huge implications. No, I don't think. There's, I don't think they have a particular problem with Jericho losing at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think New Japan has a particular problem with Jericho losing. At no, I don't think AEW does either because it's not like they wreck it. They remember Jer- Jericho's got some clout over there. Like he's beaten a few names a few times. I mean Kenny Omega, who's no longer there, that they don't really necessarily care yeah, about. But they don't but... on AEW television. They're not constantly spamming. Oh, Kenny was like a two-time IGWP. No, but how does it champion. look if you're your reigning champion, Le Champion? It won't comes look back like anything if you never mention his loss at I, Wrestle I, Kingdom. Yeah, 
Then you're picking and choosing. Then you're doing WWE shit. I picking and choosing. I don't think there's a selective. Problem. I don't think there's a problem with it, and I don't think most of the AEW audience is gonna re- watch Wrestle Kingdom anyway. Tanahashi's losing. Uh, I respectfully to disagree. massive heel heat for one Chris Jericho. <laughs> he does that awesome thing where he wins and he starts to like cry. Well, listen, if they were on better terms, then they Jericho... are on better terms now. Apparently, better terms now. But spoiler for Read on Honor, which is coming later. Sure. Um, like they still New Japan still has a relationship with Ring of Honor, but now they've straight up refused to send talent there now. They're okay. Just like no more because we don't want to. Uh, they New Japan also they did have a TV deal with Axis. Axis got purchased by Anthem, who owns Impact. Right. Axis slash Anthem said to New Japan, "You guys can continue to be on Axis, but you have to work with Impact now." For a hundred dollars, you own Impact. <laughs> um, but as everybody, as some people may know, New Japan and Impact did have a relationship a long time ago. Right. Then they turned Okada into the Green Hornet sidekick. Sure. And that relationship has been. Gone ever since. So as soon as they're like, you can stay on access if you team up with Impact, New Japan's like, no. Not even a second thought. They're like, no. Not right. doing it. So New yeah. Japan's not giving on TV on access anymore. Um, it looks like the relationship is deteriorating with Ring of Honor. It looks like they have to have another U.S. partner, Lee. Mm. Who mm. might that be? <laughs> well, you might look at uh, who's on top that's not the WWE. And the answer there is NWA Power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> oh, man. Just wait. Sorry, where were we? <laughs> uh, no, you know, whatever. We're talking about John Moxley. So uh, Chris Jericho comes on the screen and he's <laughs> offering uh, John Moxley 40 Nine percent of the Inner Circle LLC, which, which is, is just hilarious, like a throwaway garbage line that people have looked far far into. They're like, "What does that mean?" Does no, that, mean? that was supposed to just be a heel yeah. heat. Like, I right. own fifty one percent, so you can't table. Meaning me. that his other lackeys owe nothing. Of yeah, the, of I think the... people are actually serious that there's going to be like a contract signing that yeah. you're going to get profit. Well, because he said equal stake. <laughs> yeah. If they both have forty nine percent, neither of them is the majority. That means that See, the other boys are splitting half a percent. We're talking like other people now. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's the joke. It's just like you're. That's yeah. That's not the. Yeah, it was a throwaway yeah. line. I people took it uh, away. So Chris Jericho standing in front of a Ford GT. Uh, those things start at like 500k. People were confusing them with a Ford GT Mustang, which is like thirty five thousand dollars, which would have been also good heel heat. Yeah, he was like, we hilarious. pulled our money together, we bought him like a thirty five. Got you a PT car. cruiser. Hey, it's still a nice car, uh, wood paneling and everything. Um, we got you a PT cruiser. If it's the Ford GT, I think it is. They only make so many per year, and you have to like send them a letter. So a lot of times it's like celebrities getting them, and then you can customize them and like add all this extra stuff on. So recently, like last year, John Cena was one such recipient of a Ford GT, and he sold it. But there was a contract where you cannot do that for two years as the car is so exclusive that you are undoubtedly making money off of it. No. Uh, so he maybe bought a car for a million and he flipped it for 2.5. Good businessman, John Cena. Uh, except that was in breach of the contract and Ford sued him last year. And you can Google this if you want. <laughs> uh, I think what ended up happening was uh, they, like, they're like, oh, we're very disappointed in what Mr. Cena decided. But I think what ended up happening was that extra money that Cena made got donated to charity or something like that. Mm. Uh, so it was, at the end of the day, it was like a slap on the wrist and uh, good guy Cena. Very disappointed, Mr. Cena. We can't find him because we can't see him. That's right. Yeah. If we could find this guy, we would serve him papers, but he's he's gone. Uh, so anyways, uh, he's got a cl- custom Moxley uh, license plate on this damn thing. It's a good-looking car, yeah, uh, and I look forward to seeing John Moxley destroy this car. In the he, coming that would be awesome. That's what's happening. Yes. Uh, and Pulls a Goldberg and 
cuts his artery. He wants to talk to him in person. He's going to tell him to bring the car. And when he goes to make his decision, he's smashing up the car. Absolutely. Just don't do a WCW Perfect. and make him punch the glass with his fist. No, or throw a, a door into the audience. Uh, yes. Ella Brock Lesnar. Yes. Uh, injuring a fan. But yes, setting up the car one week and then the next week. Or he could you know, just steal it. <laughs> and like crash it. <laughs> Drive over Steve Austin with it. Uh, either way, looking forward to what happens with this car. Uh, Chris Jericho making him an offer he can't refuse. Of course, the crowd boos when uh, when John Moxley replies with, "I'll tell you next week." When was the last time on WWE that an angle was put off to the next week okay. and the crowd booed it? I cannot remember an example. It'd be hard. Where the to crowd wants to see <laughs> the, the crowd is actually invested in what's going to happen, and they're upset they have to wait. <laughs> Apollo week. Cruz will face <laughs> off next week. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had a couple of backstage uh, things going on here. We'll, we'll hit them again. <laughs> are we in the right order? No, because Sammy Guevara is in the ring, and that means the Dustin Rhodes match is next. All right. Didn't we skip the Fatal Four Way with the women? There was a backstage thing with uh, SCU. Uh, wow, we are a mess. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't really relevant. To, he was setting up a match for next. Yeah, week they're just there. Chris. You're uh, you're out of it, buddy. You don't have it. Got you don't got it no more. So of course, Dustin Rhodes is back from being injured, quote unquote, having his hands slammed uh, in a car door by Jake Hagar. Uh, he is fighting Sammy Guevara next. Sammy Guevara during the commercial break, and we should mention the commercial breaks. No problems with the commercial breaks in this. Yeah. They were during the right parts of the show. It's like they listened. Yeah. If if anything happened, it was immediately mentioned. Uh, and further to that, nothing happened during the commercial breaks. There was even a uh, spot with Sammy Guevara holding up uh, cue cards for the audience to read, which I thought was kind of interesting. It probably <laughs> sucked in the ring where people were just booing him to silence, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's fine. Anyways, uh, so we have Dustin Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara's good, cl- just clean heat on this guy. He's got that face. Yeah. Just want to... Just because like he's, it's not like Baron Corbin because Sammy has entertaining matches, but you still want to see him get beat up. Yeah, it's uh, good and, heel heat. And did he get beat up? He got uh, Canadian Destroyer on the apron. Yep. Uh, Reed's favorite part of the ring to see a move. <laughs> uh, there was a part where Dustin Rhodes was getting ready for the unnatural kick, which is a renamed uh, special of his. Uh, the ref stopped it as it would have been like a just a big hoof to the nuts, which apparently is no good. Speaking of hoofs to the nuts, Jake Hagar, who's at the ringside, jumps in, uh, low blows Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the ref turns around from Sammy Guevara and uh, helping him get unhooked from the ropes or whatever for the distraction. Dustin Rhodes is just on the ground, uh, which is a bit... Mm, the ref's just like, oh. Well, you can't... If you didn't see it, <laughs> then it didn't happen. Right. Uh, but it was like, oh, I guess his testicles exploded. Dude, now the, he's just doubled over. That's been the rule things. since wrestling started. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Sammy Guevara didn't like hit a move or anything. He just went for the pin, which is fine for his character. <laughs> Nothing will uh, ever talk like the kind of distracted ref spots, like Eddie Guerrero, where he get the ref to look away, then he'd have a chair and he'd toss it to the other person so they grab it. Then he'd go onto the floor and sell. So when the ref turn around, it looks like Eddie got beat up with a chair. That's good stuff. Yeah, like. Yeah. That's the kind of shit you should be doing. You gotta think outside the box. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes kicks himself in the nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a brief Joey Janela backstage promo. Uh, he barely gets a couple words out before Penelope Ford just fucking clocks him in the dick. Lots of, lots lots of, of dick punches going on in the middle of the Wait, show. Is it ready to rumble? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, women's Championship, uh, Chris Statlander, uh, the Galaxy's favorite alien, not at the show. Uh, it was supposed to be one-on-one with uh, Riho and her. That's she had a prior commitment now. to uh, Independence. Uh, so she gets to challenge whoever wins this match. Uh, spoilers, it's Riho. 
Uh, it was a four-way match, so, you know, all the clusterfuck that goes along with that between Riho, Britt Baker, Haruka Shida, and Nyla Rose. I thought this was one of the better women's matches that they've had so far. Well, when there's more stuff, you can, you know, everybody has their spots. The match as a whole seems more exciting. You can cover weaknesses, exciting. yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I should also mention, Riho goes over here. Uh, but they, there is some storytelling in the ring in terms of uh, near falls and, and, and whatnot. People so. were pissed that uh, Kirushita? Harushita? Yeah. Uh, is this, this is Hikarushita. Hikarushita, yeah. yeah. People were very uh, upset when she didn't pin Nyla Rose in a very close uh, two count. Yeah. Um, and I almost kind of agree. I think it's about that time you should maybe switch up the belt. What's interesting there is, like, Riho's over. Yes. But when you take the belt off Riho and she just is in the mix... I think she. I think some of the other personalities shine a little brighter than her. Yeah. Um, we had no. That's, Brandy, that's my opinion. We had no Brandy Rhodes or uh, no. Thank awesome fucking God. Thank God. But that's this. It's worth mentioning that also no uh, Dark Order who were the they they were the Bobby Lashley uh, wedding of the final episode of AEW. They beat the shit out of all the baby faces, <laughs> and it wasn't mentioned once on this entire show. Bobby Lashley, son uh, of a bitch. Really quick. Uh, thing with uh, Evil Uno talking to an, uh, a, a further dark figure. No, and I talked to you about this. Finally, briefly. we can reveal ourselves to the Jedi. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always. How many creepers are twelve? There are. Um, yeah. Look, I think this higher power, if you want to call it, mm. or um, I guess what I call him, the exalted one. Yes, it's going to be Chris Daniels. Um, he's that, always. I mean, that's cool. Whenever he's been a heel, he's always had these. Uh, well, for the most part, anyway, in TNA. He always had these like mystical, like talk to the gods, fallen angel gimmick. Chris Daniels, where he wears a weird face makeup and he has kind of a mystical thing going on. He's going to succumb to the fear. Fun fact: yeah. uh, the old Attitude Era uh, storyline with Undertaker, Steve Austin, uh, and Undertaker answering to a higher power, sure. and then it was revealed to be Vince Gordon. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. Fun fact: that was originally supposed to be Chris Daniels. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. So, like, I think they're playing off that, that Chris Daniels was always supposed to be this higher power. Oh, so Chris Daniels is fucking old, yes. apparently. <laughs> yes, he is. He's yeah. very old. Um, and that just goes to show you how much of a staple he's been on the indies. Uh, R- Mount Rushmore of the indies, D- Brian Danielson, Smojo, CM Punk, and uh, Christopher Daniels. Anyway. There it is. So I think they're going to follow up on that and be like, you were supposed to be the higher power in WWE. Well, now you're the exalted one in AEW. So, cool. uh, I think that's how it's going to go. Uh, he's in a three-man tag team. You can leave the, the Scorpio Sky. And... and it plays into his storyline, too, because he's the one that's been losing out of SCU. He, gave it to the he has a gimmick that he can't go anymore. So what does he do? Well, he forms a jobber's table called the Dark Order. That's what you do. Yep, that's what you do. <laughs> as one does. Uh, looking forward to that? I don't know. That That's no. intriguing. The part where they come out at the end of a show and beat up all the baby faces. Yeah, no, this should not be a main event act. No. At least yet. Uh, you need to make them more of an established threat. Because yes. at the end of the day, as cool as those vignettes were, this is still a bunch of schlubs in masks uh, throwing very bad you got the punches. Beaver Brothers in there, for Christ's sake. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, come on now. Anyways, let's talk about MJF. Let's talk about MJF. This guy comes out during a commercial with Wardlow. He is getting girls to kiss him. Is he? You didn't see this? Like... On the lips? Like, on the cheek or the lips, yeah. He's, like, going up to girls who are clearly with guys and getting them to, like, give him a kiss. Oh. Especially, let's just say, people of the nerdy persuasion. 
so he's just going and like asking them for a peck on the cheek, and people are getting pissed at ringside uh, for some like 2000s Jericho heat, where some guys probably waiting in the par- parking lot with a fucking baseball bat. That's why he really needs Wardlow. We're pissing off all marks. I did not see this. Like, was he going <laughs> yeah, into? Go, like, I think it's on uh, a variety of females. Uh, there was I at least saw a couple uh, during the commercial here, uh, and then he's yeah making his way slowly to the ring, terrorizing the crowd. Uh, you can look that up. Uh, terrorizing that's Triple H's first gimmick you mean Double H uh, MJF cuts a, cuts a promo laying terrorizing. out the stipulations he required for Cody to get into a match uh, he was demanding stipulation number one was that the match happens at Revolution and Cody uh, cannot lay a finger on him before then stipulation number two Cody had to beat Wardlow one on one in a steel cage match and final stipulation requires Cody to get down on all fours and be whipped ten times by MJF which is a little kinky of MJF uh, not one <laughs> two three Four. Counts it up. Not even nine! Uh, MGF's fantastic. Uh, he is kind of boxed in on the camera, speaking directly to the audience. Goes for the cheap heat. Do you find it? Yes, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to look at this right now while you continue talking. Listen, man, if MJF is coming to the ring and he gets his, he gets your girl to kiss him. Oh, I mean, yeah, he kissed her on the lips. Oh, yeah. That was a mom, I think. That's fine. She was with a little child. That's hilarious. That's great. Yeah, MILF Jacob Feedman. Uh, so... Yeah, the the ten whips is a little subject. I don't know, and of course Cody, of course, has to beat Wardlow one on one in a cage match. We have not seen Wardlow wrestle yet. He could be awful. Um, also, where's the butcher and the blade? So <laughs> the steel cage. <laughs> they come back. It's the blade. So the way I see this going down is uh, you have to get Cody out of this without making him seem like a complete idiot or geek. And if he willingly gets down on all fours and allows this man to whip him, that's awful. What I think will happen is Cody will be in the match with Wardlow in a steel cage. Cody will be very close to winning. This could be a DQ. This could be whatever. You have the Butcher and the Blade pop out of the ring for all I give a shit. Hold Cody down, and that's when the lashes happen against his will. At the end of this match where Cody can't fight back. I think what's going to happen is Cody wins the steel cage match, but it's not going to be by pinning or submitting... Wardlow. He's just going to escape the cage. He's going to keep Wardlow relatively over. strong. Yeah. Um, it's his first match. You know, you and, think Wardlow, they yeah, would want him And then losing. that's what MJF and Wardlow come out and beat him up. I don't think the Blaine Butcher could have anything left to now, do. Now, Cody with. being part of the elite, you would expect uh, the Young Bucks and, and Kenny. Now that they. And then maybe, maybe the Young yeah. Bucks come out, and then the Blaine and the Butcher come out to so fight the, them. So then the yeah. Young Bucks have a fantasy booking. See, right yeah, we did it. Uh, all, all that needs to happen is Cody cannot willingly take lashes from this guy because he wants a match with him. That doesn't make sense. That's like the, the dumbest babyface thing ever. Uh, so something's going to happen there. And of course, Cody can get some licks in on MJF, but Cody can't touch MJF. So Cody could almost have the upper hand on him at some point and then not touch him, and then MJF gives him the match. Like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, whatever the case, good little program they got going on here. Good and again, a lot of this was happening before the show even began, which is why people are like, oh, the MJF turn seems early. It's like, no, it's been a year and a half of this, really, if you've been following the pay-per-views and, and being the elite read. Yes. Uh, which, as we mentioned, not everybody watches. Yeah. Speaking of the elite... Main event. Absolutely fantastic match. Uh, Andrew says 0 out of 10. Really? Off, off, he, he said he didn't like it. Did he like, say 0 out of 10? He didn't say th- those exact words. But he, but this match was fucking great, dude. Uh, yes, it was. He had three great yeah. heels, uh, especially Pac. Fantastic heel. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros and Pac. Uh, I will say this about the team of Lucha Bros and Pac. They felt dangerous. Yes. I don't, does that make sense if I say that? Yeah, like they felt every single time, whether it's Pentagon or Ray or Pac in the ring, you're yes. excited to see any one of those three, which you don't yes. get very often in these multi-tag matches. Everyone in this match, there's just so much talent on display. 
Including and and Matt Jackson. I know we say it like every week, but <laughs> Ray Phoenix is so fucking good. Uh, everybody in this match is his fantastic. rolling, jumping, stunner thing he does. He gets like seven feet of air somehow, and he just—it's so great looking, fantastic. This is the exact kind of match fans expect AEW to deliver. All six men rank among the absolute best performers on the planet, and all of them wrestled as such. The intro video earlier in the night paid off. Uh, through Cody beating Allen uh, to open the show and the rest of the Elite defeating top-tier rivals in the main event. The story of the Elite finding their stride in 2020 and trying to reach the level they expected after a rough start is going to be a great beginning. Also, they're wiping all the records. Yes. Uh, so the Elite had their 2019 to put people over, well, yes. and now in 2020 they can just become... Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, we're, I think we're all still just a little bit worried that it might be too late to start. I, I don't think so. Mm. It's never too late in wrestling. Really. It did get like 900,000 viewers, so yeah. you know, what do uh, we know? Absolutely. Uh, so after the match, Hangman Page, uh, who had been on commentary, refused to join his friends in the ring. Hangman just going through some some tough times here, it seems. He had a nice shirt on, though. And uh, I can't uh, wait for his heel turn. Um, best moment of this match was not a spot. It was Jim Ross looking at Nick Jackson and uh, Ray, Phoenix. Ray Phoenix on the mat in the ring going, there's no two other competitors I'd like to see go more than these two right now. A few seconds pass by, nothing's happening. Then Hangman just goes, thanks, Jim. <laughs> Good stuff. It was hilarious. Oh, there was also a backstage thing with the private party. Uh, remember them? Yes. <laughs> Winners of, just suddenly, the, where, where are they? No, they're what? very young and uh, green. I, I yeah. think everybody's blowing it. Oh, they haven't been on TV. Like, they were talking to Hangman Page, saying, like, hey, man, we can go pull you out of the dumps. And Hangman Page is like, your party sucks. And <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but this was a great match. There was, like, a double Canadian destroyer in this match. There was uh, Kenny Omega returned to form. I feel like there was a few uh, segments here where... Uh, just the the amount of moves put together is this is Kenny Omega. This is what he does. This no one was, else can do this. This whole match was to remind people that yeah. Kenny is the best wrestler in the world. A and lot the of books uh, are one yeah. of the best. Uh, a lot of storytelling with Pac putting the submission on Kenny that he had lost to previously, getting saved by a super kick to the head. A lot of close saves like that. Uh, knees to the back of the head and the finish. Uh, Ray Phoenix coming off the top rope. Kenny Omega serves him a knee and the one winged angel, and no one kicks out of that. Uh, and that's the end of the match. Fantastic. Yep. Great match. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Rather watch uh, rather watch a man die in the street, Andrew said. That's uh, verbatim. That's what he said. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what uh, rubbed that guy wrong or who who, uh, who shit in his like, cornflakes, but he did not good, enjoy this there's show. There's good matches. There's good segments. This the, was a good episode. This had this show had something for everybody. Yep. Uh, it was exciting. I, I was watching Witcher and then second screen watching wrestling. Wow. And found myself it was pausing Witcher or, or just that's, watching the wrestling. That's a bold move, by the way. Watching uh, two things at once. What? Yeah, I, I'm awful. Uh, I will often listen to a podcast, watch something, and play a video game at the same time. That's fucking I'm Taking stupid. it all in. I'm like the architect from The Matrix. Like, uh, I'll play like I'll play some vids while I'm watching wrestling, but that's it. My wife was wrapping Christmas presents and wanted to watch Witcher, so I'm like, well, I gotta watch wrestling or Reed's wrapping gonna be upset. Wrapping Christmas present on... Wrapping Christmas presents on January. 7th. That's right, Reed. My life is a hell. <laughs> no, uh, she's got a Christmas tonight, and then Ukrainian Christmas is still coming up. So how dare you? Uh, how dare I? Yeah. So I want to see a big uh, Ukrainian Christmas spot on AW next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of it for the show. A shorter one this week, but uh, hey, there wasn't as much wrestling to talk about. You kind of already fit in your read on honor segment. There's I no did. emails, so everybody, welcome to 2020. There's so much ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, Your Honor. What are you most looking forward to in the near future out of wrestling? Other uh, than the Raw we are attending. Revolution will be fun. Uh, sure. Revolution. Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Rumble. I always do the Rumble. Like the, I always like the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Um, it's always fun. 
it's hard not to like it. The thing about the Rumble is if it can't reignite your interest in WrestleMania, nothing can. Like, if yeah. you watch the Rumble and you're like, mm, then watching an eight-hour show... Roman Reigns is the winner. He's won again. <laughs> Number 30. Beer. 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 He'd already fought in two matches earlier that night, so he comes out limping but still wins the Royal Rumble. Yeah. That's that's Roman Reigns booking. Ooh, ah. uh, a lot of people talking to like Drew McIntyre. We'll get a get a. If there's shot. any justice, yes, because Drew McIntyre is fucking great. It's just there's so many names, man. Who Samoa Joe, please? I love Samoa so the Joe so, so the much. Fiend and Brock Lesnar are the current world champions. Yes, Universal and world yes. champion respectively. Yes. So whoever wins this Rumble, yeah, as of right now, yeah. is to pick between those two guys. I hope the fiend drops it. I don't think the belt is whatever. I don't give a fuck about WWE. Uh, I'm just trying to think who you would want to see. Like who would you want to see fight Brock that hasn't already? AJ, AJ beat Brock at WrestleMania. Does anyone need to beat Brock? Um, Does Brock Samoa Joe should beat Brock? Samoa oh, Joe should beat everybody. Uh, a returning Samoa Joe winning the Royal Rumble. That is me and Reed's joint. Oh, he tried uh, to kiss this one girl, but she slapped his hand away. Okay. He, he tried a, a few different ladies at ringside. And then he was bickering with the red shirt guy that got himself over. <laughs> then he got that guy to kiss him. And the guy just That's kept, how good he is. The guy just kept doing this like, oh, you're shorter than me, but for like this <laughs> so much of a difference. We're rambling now, so I'll uh, end <laughs> this. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, that's the Sultans of... Slam! And welcome to the... Come on and slam!